Did you see me hear me fart? That was hilarious. Can we play that back? Hey, it's so good to fucking be with you, Aranoc. Yeah. Love your face. Love your Gosh, face. dude. You beautiful human being. <laughs> I love your stream room too. Um, okay. So let me pull up my notes and then we can get going here on Left Flicks and Chill. It's sort of like 2.0. I call it, I'm calling it 2.0. It's like a little bit of an evolution of, uh, of, of what it was before. And of course, we're going to, you know, we're, we're recording live on my stream and, and then I'll be posting it on YouTube later. So uh, probably in the next couple of days. Yeah. So thank you very much for being my first guest, Aranok. Hey. Love your face. <laughs> do you want to give yourself really quickly, uh, do the really quick shout out where folks can find you and uh, and uh, and sort of really quickly, quickly what you do? Um, yeah, I, I'm a non-binary streamer and digital artist, and sometimes I make video essays, though I haven't uh, haven't made many yet. <laughs> I have one that I've finished, mm. but um, I'm working on some other ones and. Um, yeah, you can, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch and YouTube and I have a, I'll, I'll just post my, um, link tree in the, in the chat or, or I can send it to you and you can post it if you have a limited on, on links, but yeah, um, okay. that's, that's where people can find me. Uh, it's funny. I realized cause this is the background thing. I can just like put some of my art as my background. Hey, smart. <laughs> that looks great. That looks really good here. But I like um, the room. Give me just one moment. I want to add uh, something to your scene here. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know where to find it. Oh, and I apologize. My allergies have been horrible today. It made putting on makeup a little tough because I kept having to, like, yeah. move. Um, <laughs> like, tears starting to form from my eye. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, because my, uh, my eyes get all itchy during spring. And... Um, yeah. My nose gets runny, so I'm just going to be sniffly the entire time. So I apologize because I know that's a that's a not fun noise. <laughs> Thank we, you. I'm, I'm not. I'm over it. I'm I'm not mad at all. You can sniffle as much as you. <laughs> uh, I'm making progress here. Almost making progress on this thing that I'm trying to make. Uh, trying to do it live. Always trying to do it live, Aranok. You know me. You do it live. Oh, you fucking do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Doing live. I, I love live. that clip. It's so perfect it because it's that like yeah. the curated um, person's persona just completely falling apart live <laughs> on TV, <laughs> and and it's just it's so perfect because you just get really a good idea of what this person thinks about about the people they work with, and just like really, it tells you exactly what what rich fucks are like, dude. They are some rich fucks too, right? Yeah, I mean, wasn't okay. he like, uh, what was he the host of? I'm trying to think. Um, the O'Reilly, the O'Reilly Report. What was it? Yeah, yeah. O'Reilly, O'Reilly Show. I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, like a lot of money, a lot mm. of power, and and it oh, shows yeah. in how he behaved. Like, oh, that was like current events back then, though, oh, yeah. right? That was his. That was back way back. Well, that's way back. It like current events, politics and stuff, and like yeah. made a shit ton of money doing it, and Bill he's in charge of the show, and like. It's just really obvious the instant that that people um, people like that have the uh, you, you know the the pretense of being observed removed for a second they get really clear about what they think about other workers and about their power dynamic and they just will will express that power in whatever way it, it can it's uh, 
like there's there's an there's been interesting studies on on the psychology of um abusers and sexual assaulters and stuff and and the relationship that power has to do it and like mm. primary motivator is usually an expression of power not of sexual gratification and that's why you see so many people in hollywood doing that type of thing it's because they just have the power to do it um mm-hmm. obviously you wouldn't solve all problems by removing that but it it tells you a lot about how um capitalism and hierarchical systems can can quite literally directly lead to abusive behaviors from individuals um yeah it's 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 fucked up (laughs) people are fucked up (laughs) love it no i love you're talking already about uh structures of power this is brilliant this uh this really does uh, segue beautifully into the show and uh, and the format here that I want to get into. I got some uh, series of questions for you. That's not the scene. I want to go. All right, that fits in nicely with those questions I have for you here. Let's go ahead and 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 get going. I do want to talk to you, Aranok, uh, a, a little bit about uh, uh, about your pathway to leftism and uh, some of your current projects uh, in in just a bit. Let's talk about uh, your your pathway to leftism. Uh, me, I'm a new leftist. Uh, I think I've shared that pretty openly on the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to take a couple a minute or so, however much you like, and uh, you know let the audience know how you came to anti-capitalism, which is sort of how we're defining uh, leftism, at least on this channel, for this, the sake of uh, clarity. I uh, let folks know. That's a pretty good way of defining the broad yeah. left. There's a lot of different things that are related with it, but um, mm-hmm. generally leftist thought is defined as the critique of capital and, and capitalism. Um, it's not always the same critique or in the same way, but um, we all agree with with the the reality that we need to dismantle the current um, power structures that we live under. Uh, for me, um, I guess I have a weird sort of pathway of, of like the conflict between my family's, um, views and societal pressure and friends growing up. Um, I had a really shit peer group for school (laughs) and, uh, most of them were pretty like right wing and stuff. And so I was always the most leftist person, mm-hmm. but maybe not always fully anti-capitalist and, 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 um, and not as far left as I would have liked. And the thing is that when you get surrounded by alt-right weirdos and shit, and, and I, I like, I kid you not, my school was really fucked up. Like most people were, <laughs> were along those lines. Um, is it okay if I ask, like, a, a generally maybe where where people can imagine uh, where that is? If you already, uh, if you did, if you already, if you already so mentioned, I live in I'm Canada. sorry. Um, Thank you. Think of it as a. I, I went to a Catholic school. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but like, but this is this is like. So I'm 22. So like. Oh my gosh, you young um, kid! <laughs> you fucking kid! So like Wee around baby. around I love when you. I was. <laughs> When I was like 12, 13 through to when I was like 16 to 17, right? Um, that's when like the rise of the online right really starts happening, the alt-right. And the way it drew in a lot of the kids around me is that a lot of them had dealt with abuse and other problems. And my school was really bad at handling any sort of real power structure things. And so um, I experienced a lot of um, 
both abuse from my peers, but especially from the 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 systems of the school um, for being neurodivergent, for being queer, even though I wasn't out. You could tell I was queer. <laughs> okay. Everyone could could tell. So I. Um, yeah, like I, I. I really started moving left when I managed to remove a lot of the toxic people from my life. Um, like, like really moving left properly. Um, and, and it was also just about like gaining more perspective and understanding of what, what leftist politics are. And so I've kind of done that over the last couple of years going to university. Um, huge amount of influence on that was just my, uh, my friend group. Uh, I made a lot more friends who were queer and if, unsurprisingly queer people we generally lean left because we intimately understand the experience of disenfranchisement from capital and how its power structures uh negatively impact us and um so a lot of the friends i made through computer science were communists of of varying um schools and and with a lot of actual um theory research on on these topics because a lot of them had taking courses and then gone off and read a ton of other theory after that fact. Um, it's funny, like, I would say comp sci is split between two major factions. Like, there's very little centrism going on. It's very, like, hardcore ANCAP, super capitalism, or, like, very communist-minded people. And there isn't much of an in-between. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird environment. Um, and generally, the, the more left-leaning people tend to lean towards doing things like research, open source work, that sort of thing. Um, or just taking jobs in, in capitalist companies, but out of necessity and not really like, hoorah, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and make all the money. Like, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weird space. But I would say that a mix between like in high school kicking out a lot of the abusive, shitty people I was around um questioning a lot of the media I was consuming because at the time like I don't I don't think people realized just how much YouTube was the alt-right's playground and like the way you'd get shoved towards it would be you'd watch some film reviewer and the film reviewer would be like hey this person's cool go check this person out and that person would be like a shoe on head or one of the others that were kind of along that pathway and then they'd be like hey go watch sargon of a cod and and people might get angry me pointing this out but but chu used to literally go say that like it wasn't it wasn't just like like the it was a mix between the algorithmic stuff and i can get into the algorithm stuff later if you want me to explain some of the details on that but um at least as far as i can i can decipher with a pretty good level of detail as my specializations in machine learning and AI. Um, but uh, yeah, so so you were kind of encouraged to go in that direction of, of going and watching those people because both the people you were like, basically it was hard to avoid it almost um, between the algorithms recommending stuff and the people recommending it. Um, and also, again, all my shitty friends who were like, mm, we should watch this, mm, you know, like the, the, there's and it was it was constantly like me having to argue things with like no one else agreeing with me because they were all right wing ding dongs. So um, <laughs> so it 
I felt very alone in a lot of ways, both just because I was treated like shit by the people who were my friends, and also just like, I was like, why isn't anyone else thinking what I'm thinking or saying anything that I'm saying? And um, so I mostly kept my mouth shut and didn't say shit and didn't argue as much because it was just tiring. And, um, and there weren't a lot of good resources at the time. Um, I mean, I think there's, there's what, like there was Vadim, but he was a very different guy back then. And, um, and like, that's, and I've actually had a conversation directly with Vadim where Vadim talks about like, uh, some aspects of like how hard it was to be able to say anything leftist online at the time and how he somewhat regrets both not waiting longer until it was more popular to be like more explicit with his politics um, and not just critiquing the atheism or, or um, like he's talked about some of the, the ridiculous attack stuff that was made by the other people that were on at the time. But yeah, so I remember always being the one that was questioning the most, but I didn't really have a lot of good resources for how to question these types of people. And, and then Jordan Peterson came around Uh-oh. and I finally like really, and I don't know why it was Jordan Peterson where it like really clicked that like what they were doing and how their rhetoric was working. Maybe it was because, uh, Jordan was somewhat coherent. Um, he's fucked up and he's got a lot of shit opinions, but you can at least like examine them a little bit more <laughs> than, um, cause he's almost more weaselly and it makes it more easy to tell like what he's trying to hide. Um, if that makes sense. And, it was, it was it was interesting. Like I just, um, that's when I started trying to find other content creators, and I think probably around then would have been when I first like encountered stuff like Philosophy Tube and H Bomber Guy and a lot of other people like that. Um, so, but for a long time, it was basically just me on my own being like, "This is fucked up. Like this feels kind of kind of racist and shitty to to Muslim people." But I can't really place my finger on. Mm-hmm. A lot of these details of why, because I don't have any other resources. And <laughs> when you're only hearing things from the opposite side and trying to critique it from that level versus like trying to build your own cohesive worldview, it, it's limiting. Um, so I'm really happy that like by the time I was going to university, there was actually better, better things to watch and better things to engage with. And um, from there, I want to move to like like how I transferred to being on the online left and actually engaging with politics stuff. Um, sure. So how do I, I'm, I'm going to start with family history. My, yeah. my grandfather left England cause he was sick of the class problems that he was dealing with there came to Canada and spent most of his career as a professor fighting for equality in, in academia. Um, and, and he was just an awesome guy in general. Um, and and so was so was my grandma. Um, she she had a lot of those things as well. My nan and my papa are like old school hippies. Like <laughs> like we're talking, you know, you, you know, like active politically old school hippies. Um, not the like just goofy smoke weed, but they also do that. Um, it's legal here. Yes. Based. Congrats. Um. So, and then just the the general um sort of leftist stint of the, the entire Irish side of my family and my entire mom's side of the family. So, um, and there's been a long history of like, like being really involved in, in the community around you and engaging with community and, um, and volunteerism. So, um, like my mom was a 
stay-at-home mom, but she does a shit ton of different volunteering things and has always been super, super involved in a bunch of different ways. And she she raised us, but she also basically raised my cousins, our family, friends, kids. Like, like there, there was, there's lots of times where I had like 10, 15 kids in, at my house, you know? <laughs> like, wow. I grew up with a lot of people around um, that were like siblings. And um, especially my... my my uh three older cousins um so yeah i i i have two siblings but i feel more like i have like three <laughs> more than that you know i have like five <laughs> um and and so there, there's a mentality there about like giving back to communities that you've engaged with um when i was 12 my knees started getting worse um started losing the ability to run safely without re-injuring myself and i was realizing that I might not be able to play soccer for very much longer. And I loved soccer. I'm so sorry. Um, so the, the technical director of the club recommended I go try to do the coach training stuff, even though I was absurdly young. I was the youngest certified coach in the province at the time. And I started working as a coach when I was 13 with, uh, with five and six year olds. I was a weird kid. Like, like to explain, like I was more, uh, more serious even then than I am now, but like, uh, like now, now I know how to goof around and whatever. I like matured backwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so I was always a very responsible kid and, um, and yeah, so I, I've been in a position of, uh, having to deal with really complicated ethics from 13 years old. Uh, probably not maybe the best thing for most people but but um but for me like like when i was volunteer coaching at the time um and it was like work like you you had to have certification there's a lot of things that went into it and eventually i started getting paid for it um like two or three years after that and so um i really started like making money when i was 15 working a job job you know <laughs> um and and coaching's hard and and like uh and it requires a lot of um different skills and um i'm really lucky that i got to do those things um that there was a resources to put me in the position to start doing those things when i did but um yeah it gives me a different perspective than most people because uh, there's a lot of times where I had to be the mature one interacting with adults when I was a kid. <laughs> and, yeah. and it also meant that I was in a weird position of having um, authoritative power from a young age. And it also means that you get pretty good at examining the problems with that because you interact with it. And um, I don't like having power. It's not something I want. Um, I just seem to inevitably fall into having it to some degree. Um, so, so you're here to hear folks, uh, uh, first the, uh, the off left does not want to have power. Should we let them have power? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm off left, but yeah, I, I, uh, you said authoritarian. I'm using your words. <laughs> um, no, but, but, but yeah, like when, and so, so to me, it was more about engaging with it as a, as a mentor position and about having a relationship with athletes rather than having a, a power over athletes. And I try to avoid that as much as possible. And you need to like properly respect athletes and understand that you're having a relationship with them, that it's two way street and that you need to help. You're helping them on their journey, right? Like you're a guide on a path. You're not, um, 
the commander of a ship. Like they're just two different mentalities and and um <laughs> oh, sorry, my friend saying reveal this oath call. Okay. Um so beautiful. Um yeah, I I started coaching because I wanted to give back to a community that had given a lot to me. Um because I felt a moral responsibility to engage with the community that I'd been a part of for a long time. Um to me, I think it's just like the right thing to do. Um, and when uh, I was kind of coming to the end of my athletic career period, because my chronic illness was getting worse um, post Canada Games, I I took training and became a rowing coach. And I worked for rowing as a rowing coach, um, like the, the head coach for several clubs. Um, and that's a weird dynamic as well but again it's it's like to me it's just about giving back to the community that that has helped me because in a lot of ways rowing um rowing saved my life like like sports saved my life because i had no one outside of my family members that like cared about me or treated me with any deal of respect Mm -hmm. and i had nothing that was really engaging me um and i was in a dark fucking place going into high school uh (laughs) and and rowing um rowing really helped me get get through that and get a more healthy view of myself but rowing a rowing shell requires at least a team shell requires becoming um becoming a greater part of a whole there are no individuals in a rowing shell there is only the crew and um it results in a very intimate experience of how working together makes you better as an individual. Um, and, and also just like when you're in a very, very healthy and there are toxic sport, um, sports spaces, but when you're in a really healthy sports space, like my rowing club was, uh, it's incredibly supportive. Um, and, and it was also a unique space just in that, that like gender didn't really matter um, in, in a lot of ways. Everyone just competed, competed with each other to being to be the fastest. I mean, yeah, when you went to when you go to competition, you get lumped in with um, like by gender generally, unless it's a um, head race. But but when we're training we just trained against whichever boat was closest to us in speed. And, um, and we spent all our time together. We were really like, like our rowing team was very, very close. Um, and so it was, it was both good in that aspect. Um, uh, because it, I'd always found the weird separation between genders. just didn't make any sense to me. Big surprise. I'm non-binary. I didn't really get the, like, I'm like, I don't get why you're, <laughs> You're all being like, we're so different. And they're like, you're not. Um, but <laughs> the, the the weird, like, you know, girls have cooties bullshit that kids do and whatever. Um, I just never understood it. And I just hung out with everybody because they're just cool people, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, um, like, the mentality was always pushing each other to be the best that we could be. Um, not beating each other for our own self-gratification like it's it's a bad thing when so, when another athlete has a bad day and you beat them because of that like you don't want that what you want is them to do their absolute best and if they beat you then they fucking earned it and that's awesome like 
like when when we finished our, our race in the pair final at Canada Games, I want you to picture so um I'm weird. I was a lightweight athlete and I used to compete in heavyweight uh, events. So like I was in the lightweight four, the heavy four, and the heavy pair at games. So I'm a pretty thin for a rower, <laughs> like agile. Um but I want you to picture a bunch of six foot four, six foot five monster men like sweaty sport right giving each other hugs and crying on a dock because they're like respect each other that much and just felt that positively towards each other after a race right like that's not um the mentality that a lot of people have with the like concept of competition because in rowing competition isn't about tearing each other down it's about building each other up and pushing each other to be the best you can be and then expressing it. And, um, and if someone else gives you a good race, whether they beat you or you beat them, what matters is they gave you a good race. And that's like an amazing fucking thing to do. And so we, uh, yeah, we always, um, just have a lot of respect for each other. Um, there are very, very few rowers that I, that I, don't have just the utmost respect for that I've raced against. And the few that I do are ones that like don't engage with that mentality and are, are, are the type of like ego driven ding dongs that are like, I'm the best. Ha ha. Get fucked. Like, like it's just, cause it's just not, it's not a good mentality to have. And it's just not how you build up a community um, of support. And, um, and that's not a unique aspect of rowing. And there are places in the world where that is not how rowing is. And rowing is very much that sort of toxic masculine form of, of competition. But at least for me, um, when I was an athlete, it was a very, very supportive environment. We became good friends with a lot of the people we raced against in, um, like, from other provinces, right? Like, you finish racing and you all go hang out and you do stuff together. Like, <laughs> you, you, there is an animosity, Um and, and it's all about support. And so for me, like a mixture between um, my family's mentality is about, about volunteerism and caring about community and re-engaging with community and giving back, right? Having a relationship with the, the, the things in the world that you've engaged with, um, that you give back, you don't just take. Um, my experience with disability and the ways that I they experienced a lot of systemic issues from that, I mean, like... Mm -hmm. Like I, I pay a shit ton of money every single month for pharmacare because we have universal health care in Canada, except we don't because it doesn't cover mental health. It doesn't cover like any pharmacare. And for a lot of people, it doesn't even cover full access a lot of the time, especially if you're indigenous. Um, there's a lot of issues with with mm -hmm. um, systemic inaccess of, of health care systems because there's no way for people to get to the healthcare system. So it's like, yeah, you might be able to enter in for a, an appointment, but if you can't afford getting from, um, say, an northern community to a hospital in one of the main cities, you don't have that health care. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, um, it's, it's a, been a big problem here in the province that I live in because we used to have a provincial busing system they shut that down. They sold off the company and it got torn down. Um, and now a lot of Northern communities have no way of getting down to the South. Well, guess what most of those Northern communities are indigenous communities, which means that like the, 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 the systemic violence around healthcare is still there, but people can just go, well, but, but you can still book an appointment. And it's like, but they can't get to the appointment. So what's the point? They have no real access. 
That's yeah. not that's not universal health care. That is limited access to most processes. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it goes with a lot of things. Like we have like almost no mental health care system in Saskatchewan. It's it's basically non-existent. I mean, it exists, but it is it is abysmal. I don't know anyone that has had a positive experience with it uh, that hasn't had several abysmal experiences before that. And that's if they're lucky that they ever get any positive experience from the mental health system here in Saskatchewan. Um, and yeah, so and then just being trans, you constantly encounter the the problems of capitalism just from talking to people in your community. Um, we are disproportionately homeless. Um, we deal with a lot of a lot of the issues with with capitalism and especially trans people of color experience it way more often and much worse and it's just yeah i i, I don't think there was a way that i couldn't have ended up leftist <laughs> because of all of those mm -hmm. things um mm -hmm. yeah and i just i, th I think but, it, but an important aspect to take away from all of it is is like how important community is and everything um and and that I think uh, like a Western sort of colonialist mindset is um, you take what you need from from the space, mm. but you don't build a relationship with that space and you don't give back. Right. And uh, and that applies to a lot of different aspects of life. And it's not just, mm. you know, in things like sport, it's how we interact with the environment, how we interact with people in our, in our friends, our, our families, our uh yeah, and it's just it's um yeah, I think I think part of part of properly engaging with leftist politics means uh properly examining the underlying tenets that come from the west and listening to experiences outside of um outside of our own, especially indigenous experiences. Aaronock loving it. Uh leftward bound. Let's move along. Let's move on. This is so fun. I'm loving chatting with you. Just, you look great. I'm so sorry I didn't mention that. I fucking love your look today. Fucking beautiful human being. You're so beautiful. You're so great. <laughs> great in every fucking way, dude. Um, so next up is uh, is where are they now? Is the name of this subject, the name of this topic here. Um, I, I would love it if you just sort of uh, let us know what current projects you're doing right now. And then uh, after this, we'll be able to talk about maybe how you could have skipped a couple steps along the way. Yeah, so what are you up to now? Um, well, where should I start? I mean, as yeah. usual, I'm, I'm helping with charity streams and things. There's one coming up at uh, the start of next month that I'm going to be helping Mod and Host um, that Adnan's running. Uh, I think you know Adnan, right? Uh, it's not ringing a bell. Oh, that's okay. Well, I'll introduce you to at some point. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think you would get along well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, always doing stuff like that. I, where I'm at right now is I got laid off the other week from work. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's um, awful. I have an interview tomorrow with the, the professor I worked with last summer. And so I'm hoping to get a new research position, um, which I would love pays worse, but, uh, but I'll enjoy the job. Um, 
And I mean, pays for it just, just means that I'll have to take a little bit larger loan than I would like mm. to be able to pay for university next year. Um, but uh, research is really fun. It feels really valuable. You know, you're actually like doing something that contributes to humanity um, <laughs> and not just like making some website or something. Mm. Uh, computer science um, research? Yeah, yeah, it'll be computer science related research. I can't talk details because A, I don't have a ton, and B, I don't know what I'm allowed to speak about. So I'm just keeping it very bare bones. Um, it'll be machine learning related, and that's all I can say. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but, it, it, but it is a positive thing um, that they'll be working on. Um, the, the university I attend does a lot of really good work, and um, yeah, uh, so... I'm hoping I'll get that position and start work beginning of next month. Um, but that kind of just threw a wrench in things because if I get stressed, it makes my chronic illness work. I that mm. worse, so I, I kind of haven't really done much over the last week and a bit uh, or a couple of weeks because I've been pretty sick. Uh, but sweet it is what it is. I've basically just been streaming because I can't focus on like writing or doing anything like that. But but I'm gonna get to work on something right now because I I'm. I got to be in my bonnet about something that's been annoying me, uh, which is, uh, and people are going to get annoyed when I talk about this. So I'm going to be careful about how much I say here. Cause I really want to curate a full, like the full video, but I'm going to write a script yeah. on this ab about, uh, why the whole go outside slash go touch grass is ableist where okay. like what that mindset connects to yeah. and how it results in systemic violence. And, um, okay. uh, the thing that a lot of people take this as is like, oh, you're saying it's ableist because you're like, it doesn't include people who can physically go do those things. And it's like, kind of, but that's actually not the major problem with that statement. It has to do with the moralization of going outside, i.e. Uh, <laughs> you are placing more moral value on someone's judgment and capacity to say something based on their ability to go outside more often. And um, as a chronically ill person who regularly cannot physically go do that right uh you're both discounting my experiences but also um that moral judgment about like how often you engage with the outside world comes up a lot in how schools structure things and how workplaces structure things and the priority being on being person working rather than working remote um which is something that like like covid has brought into stark relief a lot of people don't like didn't realize, oh, actually, we could have just accommodated disabled people this entire time. So listening to a lot of people during this pandemic, during this experience where um, where people are finally realizing that, like, hey, actually not being able to go outside doesn't make you less capable of doing work. Um, <laughs> and having people use that as a, a moral judgment on people's statements or as the catch-all of, of, like, oh, you're... Uh, what you're saying has less value is like really problematic. Um, and when it comes to schools, right? So growing up, I missed on average about a third of a school year every single year because of how often I got sick. I would get strep throat a ton. I would get the flu. I would get whatever because because I'm chronically ill. My my immune system doesn't work properly. Obviously, I can't really fucking leave the house during those periods of time. And um rather than the school doing you know reasonable things like accommodating my my needs because i can't physically be there i would constantly be judged by both the kids i went to school with bullying me a shit ton and the school itself being constantly angry at myself and my parents 
for not going outside enough, literally. And this mentality pops up in a ton of other places. And I want to do a little bit more research on it before I like really dive deep into it. But just this is the very broadest of strokes. What the topic is. Oh, sorry. My phone's. Um, I forgot to disable that. Yeah. I had a alarm set up back when I slept at a regular schedule because of work uh, <laughs> for when I took my afternoon medication. But um, so I get that for a lot of people when they're engaging with it, what they're thinking is just that it's fun, some funny little thing to say, right? Um, but what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, is is making disabled people feel kind of shitty <laughs> and engaging with a mindset that's already been built by society that's ableist. And I want to be clear that I'm not passing moral judgment on people for saying this thing that they've heard and they're just regurgitating. That's what people do. However... People's response to being critiqued about it has been interesting, to say the least. Uh, when a larger disabled creator tweeted a pretty banal thing about how it's ableist, a mass amount of people dogpiled them, harassed them, were, were misgendering them, sending them transphobic death threats. Like, And th this person's my friend, and it fucking drove me up the wall because all the disabled creators I saw were going, no, he's right this is right. Like, <laughs> and, and the fact that so many people, um, their first response to just hearing the words, Hey, go touch grass as ableist was to start getting their fan bases to pile onto this person. Uh, was, that was a scary moment. So I, I, I wanted to wait a while before saying anything about this topic because I knew that people were too emotionally attached to it at this point <laughs> to, to engage with it. And, and again, and this is like really important. I'm going to talk about in the video. It's like when we talk about something being biased or coming from a bigoted place, it isn't necessarily a fucking moral judgment on anyone that is engaged with that because we're, we taught, we're taught that shit by society, right? Like as I was talking about that mentality of like, oh, if you don't go outside enough, you're not being as good of a person. Um, it's learned. It doesn't come out of nowhere. And it pops up in a lot of systemic situations as well. Right. Um, like I know personally for me, I've had friends, abled friends who have um, like almost ended friendships with me because I couldn't hang out as much as they wanted uh, or they would decide that I was being lazy or whatever for not leaving the house or that I was purposefully not leaving the house because of them and not because of my chronic illness when all I wanted to do was leave the house. <laughs> and so um, like it. it this mentality shows up a lot, but because you don't have to engage with it when you're not disabled, um, you don't feel it in that way, which is understandable because you haven't had that experience. You don't have that lived experience to engage with it in that way. And uh, like, as I said, I think a lot of people are going to get very angry at me when I post this if they don't watch the entire video. And I, I'm, but my hope is that enough people will see the entire video um, and and actually engage with with trying to understand what I'm saying and what a lot of other disabled people are saying. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was even worried just about tweeting that this was something I was going to work on because I was like, I'm probably going to get harassment for this, but I'm going to I'm going to go for it anyway, because I, I, I think it needs to be said. I think it needs to be engaged with like. I just it's really telling to me not um, that people will say things that are ableist or bigoted because we're we're all having to unlearn that stuff. I've had to unlearn things like that constantly, right? Um, internalized ableism 
was a huge part of my mental health issues when I was growing up because society told me I was lesser for who I was. And it's really hard to ignore that message when it's shoved in your face constantly. Mm -hmm. But uh, so trust me, I'm not going to like tell you you're a terrible person because you haven't magically unlearned everything without being told. I'm telling you about these things, uh, whoever this person is, the hypothetical person is, because I want you to change and I believe you can change. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother saying anything. Like, I'm not going to tell... <laughs> I'm not going to bother trying to explain to a turf why something is, you know, transmissic because a turf isn't going to care. I might explain it when a turf does that so that other people know, but like, so if I, if I am saying, Hey, this is a thing you should be aware of it. It is not a moral judgment of anyone. It's a piece of information that I hope people will internalize, but people's responses to that are really telling. If your first response, when you don't understand why someone's saying is, something is ableist or transmissive or bigoted in any other way, is to get angry hmm. towards that person, you're angry at the wrong thing. Take a step back. Take a breather. Right, Even if the person is wrong, <laughs> which they weren't in this case, but even if they were, is you getting angry at it going to contribute anything to the situation, help in any way. And if you have a fan base, do you seriously think it's not going to result in really directly bigoted stuff being said to this person? Hmm. And that's that's an important aspect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm trying to figure out how I can tie this in there. I, I was wondering, you know, like if you could look at where you you were where you are now, and uh, uh, you know what what you're working on, and the the things uh, that that you, that you've been arriving at in in whatever way, shape, or form you have been. What mm -hmm. what are some ways that perhaps you can uh, you could have you know hashtag be best sooner? What 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 ways could you have you know if you if you had the chance to you know talk to a younger version of yourself what ways um, would you would you be able to maybe try to help uh, your your younger self skip a few steps i think the first thing for me anyway would just be um telling that younger version of myself that uh, you deserve to love yourself hmm. um i have a lot of ha internalized hatred and hmm. about about my identities about my experience and um that results in some pretty shitty views of the world because your brain has to try to justify this right um so yeah i, I would say that like that and and then the second thing would just be um go learn queer theory um and go listen to indigenous um activists and read indigenous theory from from indigenous people um from around the world i i genuinely believe that uh most leftists are failing their engagement by th in th with theory by only engaging with a specific strain of european um theorists whether or not you agree with these individuals and things expanding that mindset is going to help you a lot in engaging with any sort of leftist thought like uh you should go and try to learn as much of, of different perspectives as possible. Um, there's a book that Ash and, and Chad was actually recommending me last night that I want to go read. I think it's uh, Braiding Sweetgrass. Um, um, that's Icon for short, if 
Ash, you want to confirm that's the correct title of the book? Um, we were chatting about it last night, but it covers a lot of these topics that I've luckily been able to learn about more from uh, talking with Indigenous friends of mine. Um, I hope that's the correct Of course, correct I pulled up book. Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's uh, What's wrong with me? <laughs> but but uh, apparently there's a there's a good version um, where the the author herself is reading the book. So if you if you want to, like, I'm I'm gonna try to get a hold of the the um, the audio book. Um, perfect. Okay, we do have the right book. Awesome. Um, so that that's but but for me, um, I I've been very lucky. Like my uh, you know, I was talking about my grandfather who's a professor and and. Uh, my grandpa and my grandma, one of their best friends um, is Dr. Carla Jessen Williamson, who is uh, absolutely brilliant Indigenous uh, studies professor. Uh, she's Inuit. Um, she's spoken at the UN about Indigenous issues. Um, I've been lucky enough to have that as a presence in my life growing up. That means that I have access to certain conversations that other people wouldn't have had. And I, I appreciate those more now. I wish I'd appreciated them more when I was younger and I'd talk to her more. <laughs> but, but but she's absolutely brilliant. And um and just a wonderful human being. Um, and, and that's the thing is like, I, I think people just need to go listen to more indigenous people talk about, um, talk about worldview and mentality and leftist politics. Um, uh, Lasu, Silver Spook, um, Conquest of Dread. These are all wonderful people that people should go watch and listen to um, with very different perspectives from different areas of the world on indigenous issues. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, that's the, 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 those are the kind of the two spaces, because I think um, that and, and just engaging a lot more with, with career theory. And then obviously, um, the biggest one for me would be, uh, go learn more about um, uh, black theorists and their experience in the US and, um, and, and both the Black Panthers from the Black Panthers perspective, not from the, you know, CIA type of perspective on them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, learn about Kwame Turi properly. Learn about um, Malcolm X and, and uh, Martin Luther King, and just, just go engage with with marginalized theorists and and political activists more. Um, I don't know about the chat. Yeah, don't even worry about it. So I, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's just that, that if I was to, to go talk to my younger self to try to get them to um, learn more and expand their understanding of the world more, that, that's what I would do is just really, really, really encourage listening to more marginalized voices. Um, and then obviously. Yeah. Is, is that going to require me to read Aranoch? Because you know, I don't read. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's, this is actually an important aspect. That's why I don't, I don't love the phrase, go read theory. Um, yeah. I said, go engage with theory Enga engaging with theory means a lot of different things. It might mean um, going and talking to people who are more knowledgeable about the topic, right? Uh, it might mean listening to audiobooks. It might mean reading, but it's about engaging with it in the way that's going to help you learn best. Um, mm. As someone who's worked as an educator, like everyone learns in different unique ways to them. Um, if you can do yourself one favor, it is to try different methods of learning and find the ones that engage you the most. Um, for me, when I was younger, I could read a lot, um, due to a mix of my medications and, and my neurodivergence, I find it very hard to focus on reading anymore. So I engage with stuff more from listening and from conversation, which is why I like to go and talk to other leftists 
who know way, way more than I do that I am lucky enough to, for some reason to have the access to, to talk with. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's why I think there, there are really good, um, resources out there. If, if people want to find them, I just think that, uh, a lot of times people don't try. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, I think it's you know it's easy to just to just read only Marx or Kropotkin or a couple other people and never engage with the theory that came after them. Now Marx and Kropotkin are incredibly important. That's not what I'm like like before someone does the like hey you're hitting on them. No, what I'm saying is there are a lot of amazing queer disabled um, uh, people of color indigenous people who have expanded on their ideas drastically and improved on them or have their own ideas from their own cultures that are really fucking worth engaging with. If you are, uh, doing leftist poli politics. And, um, this is an important point too. And this is something that, that I think more people need to get through their heads is, um, politics is not something you are. It's something you do. I get that from Zanzi. Who's a fucking wonderful creator who does, uh, a lot of good conversation style stuff as well. Um, and I have a lot of respect for, it. uh, and, and like, I, this is why I, I don't put labels on myself because I don't think it's productive most of the time beyond saying, um, I'm a leftist. What I'd rather talk about is how I engage with politics or how I do things and what my purpose and goal is and, and, and action right now, um, as a disabled person, I'm kind of limited in what I can do in a physical space. Um, but what I can do from an organizational standpoint is still really helpful. I'm really good at at um engaging with um with charity streams and helping with those types of things i'm good at connecting different leftists with each other to get resources um like i literally was helping some friends <laughs> yesterday connecting with each other because so one of them was in eden the other person had had the skill sets for that and um and and i'm a half decent propagandist i can i can talk good sometimes i put the words in a string of sentences that make some sort of sense because uh, because my brain is weird and I'm autistic and, and one of my special interests growing up was, uh, was linguistics and literature. And so I read a drastic amount. Like, I, I don't think people realize how much I, um, simplify my language to not sound like I'm regurgitating a thesaurus all the time. Because when I was a little kid, I talked like I had just like enveloped a thesaurus in my brain and <laughs> would just use the most, um, exaggerated terms possible that are just like completely pointless because most of the time when you're actually communicating stuff to people you should keep it as simple as possible as yeah. direct as possible but having that vast vocabulary allows you to um choose the right words for the right time at times and it allows you to expand your um capacity for imparting uh information and the other thing is that I worked professionally as a coach since I was 13 and my entire job was imparting information well. And uh, a lot of it is also just trying to help people want to learn. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I, I think I can bring some value in that way. Um, but I also want to be clear about something. And this is another thing that, that I find annoying, but a lot of, criticism i am not a figurehead i am not the central voice in any sort of political movement and i should never be viewed as that 
I'm just an individual um, and I do not represent my entire community, nor should I ever be seen as that. As a, as a trans person, as a disabled person, as a neurodivergent person, right, I'm a singular voice and you should listen to the entire community and engage with many different people, not just New host Ross Publica. And if free. your engagement with dis disabled people and queer people and and uh, neurodivergent people ends with me, you are failing myself and you're failing yourself. And that's that's a really important aspect because I, I I find a lot of people want to centralize themselves. Um, I'm not leading a movement. I just say some stuff that I think is valuable and I try to get people to understand my own personal experiences. Um, so, yeah. I think that that's a that's an important thing to say. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, uh, I tell you what, I got a little bit left here. Okay. Uh, if you still got time for me, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I got uh, I got loads of time. I, I got no. I got beautiful, time limits. Beautiful. <laughs> so next up in the interview here is uh, is the leftist inquisition, where oh. I have a, a series of questions. No one expects the leftist inquisition. No, buddy. <laughs> I got a series of questions for you, uh, and um, and uh, we're just going to take them one by one, have fun mm -hmm. with it. This is uh, based off of, uh, uh, they said it was Proust's questions, but we looked into it and it wasn't, and now I'm not remembering who it was actually from. From Bernard Pivot, I'm assuming Bernard Pivot. I'm Bernard Pivot? He's, he's fresh. Bernard Pivot. All right, um, <laughs> here we go. Are you ready? Dans en français, alors je parle un peu de français, mais je parle comme un enfant. <laughs> I, I was in French immersion as a kid, so yeah. I speak some French, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm out of practice, so I speak a bit like a kid. <laughs> well, here we go. Let's begin the questionnaire. Number one, Aranok, what is your favorite word? Love. Hmm. It means Love. a lot of different things in a lot of different circumstances, but mm. when said with true meaning, it is the most powerful world word. I just, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Aranak, what is your least favorite word? I refuse to say it aloud, but <gasps> R-E-T-A-R-D. I despise that word with a burning passion. <laughs> I, I just got, if, I just, my channel was just, uh, <laughs> Uh, I just got TOS because you spelled the word on my channel. Thank you, oh, Aranok. Oh, no. <laughs> I got, that, that reminds um, me. I got, I got to tell people about, you know, no no, no TOS. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, right. No, I, I just, as a disabled person, that word was constructed yeah. from a harmful perspective. This is something oh. that need, people need to get through their, through their head. Just because it was made by doctors doesn't mean it wasn't ableist in construct from the beginning. The way that it placed a value metric on disabled people and viewed specific learning disabilities as making someone less of a human being is really relevant to how it became an insult. It became an insult not as a bug, but as a feature of how the word was invented and created to be used. And there is no reclamation of it to me that makes any sense because it can only be used really to denigrate someone um, because its very meaning is about saying uh, your mental processes are lesser and that's just a not good perspective to me. So I don't like that word on, on so many levels and I'm very tired of um, certain types of able people's obsession with trying to argue that they should be able to say it. <laughs> Uh, moving along, number three. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, we, we, I, was, I thought you were going to go with hatred as well. I was like, does he not know how to, do, excuse me, do they not know how to spell hatred? I'm like, oh, man, we're going to have to work on that Aaron Aquit. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Gosh, I was just talking one. about the slur. <laughs> yeah, right. Moving on. Uh, Aaron Aquit, what sound or noise do you love? Um... Hmm. Is this noise my dog makes? Yeah. It sounds like, and it's oh. the cutest fucking noise ever. Yeah. And she does it when she's uh, displeased to the lack of snuggles um, oh. or other things to express her attention. She has a bunch of funny, cute little noises. Oh. And I just love her so much because uh, she's a Basenji, so they can't bark because they predate oh. the development of the vocal cords to be able to bark. So, um, wow. They're really cute. They're yeah. really sweet. Oh, um, good dog. I love the Senjis. They're just good, good babies. Dog. Yeah. Aaron, good. what sound or noise do you hate? Um, oh, that's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, metal on, on certain other sur- surfaces drives oh. me up a wall, especially teeth. Um, oh. I fucking despise the dentist's office. Oh. I'm very thankful I have a nice dentist and I, and I like yeah. her, but I, I hate the dentist's office because it's just sensory overload like that. Like just the, and you're like, Ugh. like it, um, <laughs> Like sensory overload feels a little bit like having like tiny needles stabbed in like every pore of your body. Um, sometimes like it's <laughs> genuinely painful. It's the um, there's this, uh, this band saw that they're building a house beside my house that oh. for like a half a year that they would turn on and like that specific like frequency of bandsaw because my brain connects it to like my sleep being ruined. Mm. I just despise that that so much. So anytime I hear the oh. band song, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> yeah. tense. And it's it's Bad. not uh, like it's not just that it's a power tool. It's like that specific one because um, it was when I was still working as a coach, when I was still physically capable of doing that. And uh, and so I'd have to get up really early in the morning, and I'd go to bed late because I I coached the late rows and the early rows. So uh, I'd come home around seven a.m. after first first row and and i you know i, I finished finished the the row like like the coaching and i'm just dead tired and i go to sleep and then at nine o'clock i'm like i'm, I'm actually going to walk outside <laughs> some choice words yeah and then all sorts of other like common common you know irritating noises but oh and chewing noises i don't like chewing noises chewing Those yeah are, I think I skipped a question. What is your favorite drug? Did I skip that? I think I skipped it. Um, Sorry. Went out of order. I really like specifically CBD for dealing with chronic pain and anxiety. It helps me a lot. Um, so when I'm having a rough time, I usually just go get some CBD edibles from the dispensary. Again, I'm in Saskatchewan. It's completely mm. legal. I've literally only purchased uh, legal weed. I can actually say that genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really take much drugs as, uh, uh, I'm uh, with my messed up digestive system. I haven't really consumed alcohol much in years. I like, I like alcohol as a flavor. Like, like there's good drinks out there when you yeah. get the right drink. Um, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, a good example. Like, like I really like Krabby's ginger beer or like a really good yeah. gin and tonic. There's this, um, there's this gin distillery in Saskatchewan that makes some um, Earl gray gin, which yeah. is, sounds weird, 
makes the best gin and tonic you've ever consumed. It nice. is magic. Um, oh. Nice little, yeah, I can see that. I, I'm a big, I'm a big gin guy. Uh, gin guy. I used to work at a gin bar. Actually, we had like 150 awesome. different gins. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. I love Yo, that. I tried so much gin. Aaronach, what's your favorite <laughs> curse word? Please, no slurs. Favorite curse word? I mean, fuck is just great. Fuck. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> fuck's just like spice word you can throw into any sentence. So when I was a kid, I like barely swore ever. And then I became a rower and I got a sailor's mouth because you spent <laughs> enough time on the water. Like, I've been trying my best in this interview to not just be constantly F-bombing, but like, fuck. Uh, my my natural pattern of speech is just fuck, 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 fuck. Like, yeah. like I just... I have no, because to me, it's just, it's a fun word. And it's funny because I think sometimes over text, because some people have like such a strong connection to fuck. They hear fuck and they think I'm like serious. And to me, like fuck is a silly word. Like fuck is not the word I use when I'm angry or serious. Fuck is the word I use when I'm like, ha this is funny. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. You know, like, (laughs) like it's not a, a serious tone word to me. Um, And it's fun to say it feels good. I am wearing a Destiny 2 Raid ring. <laughs> uh, if yeah. I, I play a lot of Destiny 2. I have a, a, a healthy addiction to that game. Is that, um, is that your main game? Your, your number one? My number one. Yeah, number I, one. I play it a lot. It's um, I have a Destiny 2 plan, and, and I stream it a fair bit, too. Uh, we, we do raid runs and stuff. This is a question. Um, I'm not really so sure about myself, but who would you like to see on a new banknote? Uh, a new banknote. Yeah. yeah, I mean... we. I'm a communist. I would like to uh, abolish money, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, hmm, I'm trying to think of like the best answer to that. Uh, I would want someone put on a banknote that like demonstrates how horrible capitalism is. Uh, just by being placed there. Like, it's not even someone I want, I respect or like, I, I actively want it to be someone that like, if they put it on the banknote, um, people would say wow cap like this is fucked up because because it would just piss them off of, of the government rightly um because like to be honest anyone anyone who deserves to be on a on a bank note right is someone that has worshipped capital and as such it probably should be some exploitative asshole and not someone who was harmed by that system Bezos, um, elon musk yeah like if they put on a ba- if they put bezos on a on a on a banknote, I think it'd be perfect at like just being able to point to it and go, this is, this is what it is. It's fucking idol worship bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Bezos is inherently a part of that. So yeah, I, 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 I think it's a weird answer to the question, but it's yeah. a, like, it, it, it would do a really good job of like pushing the right information to people about why capitalism sucks and why money sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just by putting someone who represents all of that on it. Chat's saying a sweatshop worker, which would be like the opposite end of that fucking spectrum, like a child laborer yeah. from the 20s inside of a coal mine or some just, shit just, like that. That would be perfect because <laughs> it would make you really think about exactly like what this represents. Yeah. The exploitation of workers. Perfect. Like, right on. Perfect. Um, perfect. Loving it. Loving it. Next up. <laughs> Got a couple left. Oh, no. I wish I could do this all day. Next up, what question, I'm sorry, what profession other than your own would you not like to attempt? What Was profession like, other than my like own? Dirty jobs? Isn't um, dirty jobs based off this question? Probably. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's uh, a show off each question. 
jobs um just good noise i mean there's lots of jobs that i wouldn't want to do because they're horrible experiences and also like i'm too chronically able to physically do them but i think the one that would like destroy my soul would be working for an insurance company oh i think that God. would that would just <laughs> crush my me. that's my dad's like, career like and and it's specific types of jobs with with insurance companies like yeah. that and anyone that does like collections type things <sighs> like anything where you're engaging with um um where to look for like, like, like anything yeah. where you're engaging with with like having to fuck over um poor people uh yeah 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 landlord something like that the weirdest thing from chat like what <laughs> no i have no idea Sometimes people are no so idea. weird I'm gonna for two minutes time off yeah, 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 but just a few seconds. People's weird entitlement to specific interaction with streamers is so odd yeah. to me. It's like, yeah, wait, you're watching an interview, yes. right? Like, like we are engaging with chat, but we're also yeah. having a conversation, and we're not interrupting that conversation to engage with chat. And yeah. like, for you to be like, oh, you haven't responded to me fast enough. I feel excluded. Like, oh my God, uh, now you're included, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I don't, like, it wasn't like you were saying anything what that, fuck, like, dude. added to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who that is. I can't even say they're in my community. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what can you do here? Have your nightmare job. Oh, All right. Billing for a healthcare company that does ABA. Oh, that's hell. Oh. To anyone who doesn't know what ABA is, ABA is, um, no. uh, I'm gonna look it up so I don't fuck it up. I know I right. I can discuss the topic, but I always forget the acronyms exact. Applied behavioral analysis, which is a bullshit oh. thing. Um, what it basically is is you you abuse an autistic person anytime they do something autistic. And I'm not exaggerating when when I say abuse. You can actually look up the research on this. You basically just abuse them anytime they do an autistic thing so that they stop doing autistic behaviors. It doesn't work. Uh, long term, once the person enters ha adulthood, it actually makes um, uh, dealing with 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 social situations worse, not better. Um, it drastically increases rates of PTSD in autistic people. Autistic people who have gone through ABA have uh, almost, I think, two to three times the rate of PTSD. I think the exact value is two point one times or something mm -hmm. like that uh, in in two different independent researches done in different countries. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it drastically increases PTSD. Uh, it increases suicide rates by drastic amounts. You can look this up, like like look up the research on ABA harm. There, go read the research papers because I'm 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 heavily oversimplifying how harmful it is. But like it destroys people's lives for their entire life just so that they can behave a little bit more like a neurotypical kid for ten minutes for for the comfort of their parents. Mm -hmm. It is a horrible practice, primarily pushed by Autism Speaks, a eugenics group mm -hmm. that actively wants to cure autism out of existence. You so, taught me about them. It was like yeah, disgusting were, what I learned that day. Yeah, when we watched, like, like oh. watching, watching, watching eugenics, this, is autism, this is like fucking terrifying. It is a horrifying video, and and these people like constantly get like in celebrity endorsement and shit. I, I despise Autism Speaks with like every fiber of my being. But yeah, ABA <laughs> is is a horrific experience and i feel really sorry that ash you have to deal with that with your job but that's also just the reality of like we live in a shitty capitalist society we all have to do things we dislike just to be able to survive um unless you're fucking rich 
uh, <laughs> in which case you're still doing something that that I would I would dislike you. You're existing off of the exploitation of other people, but um, yeah. you're not actively having to do things that you dislike. Fair. Um, Fair. Okay. Next up. Next up. Couple more here. If you were reincarnated as some other plant or animal, what would it be? Uh, a raven. A raven. Never yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like like uh, uh, Poe po Raven, or do you got yeah, a different like a raven, raven in, like rapping on the on the chamber door, or yes, just is, tap, is that tap, just tap. the general raven in your mind? I think that's the raven. I, it's just they're all the same. They're very smart they're, animals. They're beautiful. They're, beautiful. Um, they're kind. They they yeah. they develop relationships with people around them. Um, right. Ravens are really cool. I, I love ravens. I've always loved them. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure why. Most people get creeped out by ravens, and I just don't get it. I mean, yes, they circle around the dead, but like I don't know. Like I mean, look at me. Yeah. I, is it overly surprising that I like ravens? <laughs> I can't see it. Yeah, I can't see it. No. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Dude. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Um. Oh, I love a raven. Um, do you have like r raven iconography in in any of your like uh, like logos or? or, or you know, I I need to add or more. We call it? Um, yeah, yeah. The the channel in my in my Discord for uh, Twitter stuff like yeah. is, is called Raven's Caw because you know oh. birds. <laughs> there you go. You maybe maybe get a badass raven tattoo someday. You into tattoos? You think you might do that? Uh. Yeah, I'd, I'd consider getting a raven tattoo of some sort. Nice. I want to get a tattoo, um, but I have to a I'd have to draw it myself. Um, uh -oh. I wouldn't be doing the tattooing myself, but I would, I would right. draw it myself. Um, and I'd be have to have to be happy enough with the tattoo to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I have to get my art to the point where I'm where I'm like confident enough to be like I like this piece enough yeah. to put it on my body. Um, but I do want I do want um, tattoos eventually. Aranok, last question of our interview, of our chat today. If heaven and God exist, what would you like to hear them say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> uh, that, uh... That every shitty Christian who has murdered abused and treated like garbage all of the wonderful marginalized people that they have systemically harmed for decades aren't there <laughs> that that i don't have to worry about about having to exist for all of eternity with them because uh if they are there i'd much rather be in hell i mean uh, if, <laughs> if if all my friends are in hell like they say they are then uh, i think i want to go there too yeah pretty much <laughs> oh that's why I, I absolutely fucking love um Lil Nas X's Montero is yeah. a brilliant piece. Um, yes. I mean, like queer art reclaiming the concept of 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 Satan and hell and everything has been yes. a common thing for a long time. I think a lot of people didn't understand it uh, okay. fully. That like the the point is that that uh, what he's saying is if I'm going to hell, then I'm going to murder Satan, become him, and reclaim hell for queer people. <laughs> like that's the message oh, of the yeah, video, dude. right? Um, and that's why he kills Satan at the end. Um, it's a is, wholesome is, Christian story. <laughs> I, I do stream, yeah. Um, so I, I absolutely love, love, love uh, that piece. And like, I'm not just saying that because I drew myself as the Antichrist last last fall, and I feel like it's following the same um, 
sort of history of queer art that 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 uh Lil Nas X is. And I just um but I also think it's it it did a really good job of demonstrating to a lot of people who don't pay attention to queer issues just how much um and how silly the church, right wing news circuits, um conservatives in general are and like what they focus on yeah. like they just clearly just hate queer people like it's oh so obvious <laughs> and yeah uh you know i i feel bad that little sex is dealing with the the harassment he's having to deal with because i can't imagine it's fun to just have constant bombardment with it but yeah. i fucking love him for being just the most like young 20 year old queer person he could be and just trolling the shit out of all of them <laughs> Like, oh, his interaction with Caitlin Bennett. (laughs) He, she hates him so much. The hatred just pour poured out of her fucking fingertips into whatever device she uses to tweet her dumb fucking thoughts. Man, she just stepped right in it. Like so much hatred for, for oh yeah, for for for, you know uh, a a gay black man, and so much hatred for just. Homos- homophobia oh, and the racism combined with that one. That one, that one was an explosion. It was oh, she's aggressively, oh, aggressively, God. purposefully ignorant. Yeah, and um, I mean, to call yourself an ANCAP and be a monarchist is fucking hilarious. But like, it's the ultimate she's expression t- of exactly what ANCAPs are, which is um, which is arguing for anything that will maintain your position of power mm. and privilege. Mm. Through the guise of of the and it it is a dog whistle the dog whistle of freedom, um that's what Caitlin Bennett does mm-hmm. she 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 dog whistles about freedom to argue for her power mm. and that's that's a fascinating thing to watch happen but it this is this is the thing is that like I I actually think that like most times when people try to call leftist virtue signals it just doesn't apply like it doesn't work as a sentence because it doesn't really understand what virtue signaling is however Mm. Tucker Carlson right constantly virtue signals I to be honest figuring out like what Tucker actually believes is pretty much impossible and same with a lot of right wing um things because they're just so dishonest at all times and they'll constantly switch their tune based on whichever is going to engage with their audience the best right Mm -hmm. ben shapiro hating trump and then suddenly loving trump because trump was the person to support then is a demonstration of that right they'll dog whistle about supporting things even when it's actively against their like own personal interests just to get their audience to believe that that's what they think and um and they signal specific virtues a lot of time those virtues or shit like racism and stuff mm-hmm. but they're, that's what a dog whistle is right it's a, it's signaling mm-hmm. to people like you that you believe the same things and they're just gross like yeah and that's the i i don't know i i, I find most times like people use virtual signal they don't really understand what it's doing yeah yeah Oh no, Aranok! This is um, a lot of questions. That was it. That was the show. That was the interview. Leftist and chill. Aranok, you're so fucking leftist and you're so fucking (laughs) chill. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking with me. This was such a blast. Really makes me happy that uh, I've sort of just come up with this little interview format. And you were my guinea pig. So thank you for allowing me to uh, to to use you. I'm uh, I'm guilty of using uh, the LGBTQ community, uh, and I'm so sorry about that. You can 
You can cancel me. <laughs> no, it's fair. Uh, as I said, right, I'm just an individual. Um, oh, of course. I, 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 you're, you're I know, nothing. I know you're, you're joking around. I just, I'm just pointing yeah. this out again. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, I think sometimes, um, when, when trans people talk about trans issues or queer issues, yeah. uh, it gets taken as like, I know everything of my community and listen to me as the authority. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about my personal experiences. Now yeah. I will bring up other people and perspectives and aspects and things, but, um, yeah, I should never, ever be seen as the voice of a community. Cause I am not. Sure. I do not voice for a community. I, I just I, I want to keep pushing that into people's that. high mindsets because um, there are people that do that. The weirdest mm -hmm. ones to me are people who don't even in those communities who will say stuff like that. Like, mm. <sighs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Aaronock, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. I really appreciate you. I love your face. I really. Uh, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to learn more about you and to dig in and and to hear you out and uh, and I, I I think uh, chat really enjoyed themselves as well. Kind uh, of getting a lot of great comments and I, I think that's going to be uh, pretty much uh, due to you. You 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 you're the big brain. You carry this whole chat. <laughs> I just pretty much put the the ball on the tee and let you knock it out of the park. I'm sorry about the sports cool. reference. I don't even know why I do sports references. No, no, you're all good. That was um, good and, uh, and thank you again for stopping by. Uh, I, I do forget now that I, I, I mentioned that I, I would give you the opportunity to ask me any questions. Did you have any questions? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the right right thing to ask or the, yeah. the right thing to engage with. And, and uh, I'm, I'm bad at thinking of questions sometimes. Um I, I guess my question is a question that leads to questions, but um, is there any question that you have felt uncertain about asking about trans issues um, that, that you would like to be able to ask uh, and, and, and with genuinely no judgment, just something you would like to understand or maybe I could try to help <laughs> elucidate? No, I don't think so. I think... Um... When we did that little deep dive, maybe a few months back, and uh, mm. and I had uh, a couple different folks on to explain to me, uh, you know, the way reality works, and and <laughs> really help uh, me understand that the people who are crying that uh, leftists and trans and and non-binary people they're crying that we don't understand science when, of course. Uh, the skeleton key to understanding everything that they do is that they're always <laughs> projecting toxic toxically. And of mm -hmm. course, it's not so hard. It's not hard at all to uh, uh, look into some of the facts and just figure the fuck out that they're so fuck. They're just lying to our fucking faces. Oh, it, and of course, it's, 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 it's just what they do. <laughs> I mean, just the sheer existence of... of um, of intersex people just completely blows their fucking theory out of the water. They don't give a shit about that though. So like, what can you do? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the worst part know. is that they just like refuse to care about intersex people mm -hmm. too. Like, yeah. um, like the, the one that always sticks with me is, um, they'll force surgeries on intersex kids, like medically unnecessary surgeries to make them more cis. Um, but then won't allow trans people who can consent to have mm -hmm. the same surgeries, the same hormones. And it's like, it was never like, like anytime that they argue it's about protecting kids, mm -hmm. know that they, all they do is they harm intersex kids and, and we need to support intersex people better. Like, like mm -hmm. as, as an entire queer community, but, but, okay. um, and, and I absolutely love intersex people. Like, like mm -hmm. it's, 
it frustrates me how often the, their voices are completely ignored in all conversations about yeah. about queerness and um and yeah we just need to know that like they they're they are harming they're harming intersex kids they're harming trans kids and anytime you hear them pull the dog whistle of, of trying to protect kids remember that they also argued that uh matt Dietz being a pedophile was okay in the same sentence right nick fuentes did this the other week in yeah. the same fucking sentence as saying that being trans and being gay is bad so they do not care about protecting kids that is a lie that they will say every single day and i get angry about it because yeah, it's just right no, it's, they've never cared about kids. <laughs> they, they do. They, it's exactly right. And, and, and the funny thing is, they're hurting children in the name of what they say protecting children. And, and it's 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 bearing fruit in in different legislatures uh, across the country. Different states are, you know, telling trans kids they can't fucking play sports. That hurts trans kids. That doesn't help anybody, dude. It hurts trans kids. And I'm fucking sick of this. So with yeah. that, the question, I I don't like have anything off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, all I have is just outright anger at the world for their lack of acceptance. And we're just going to, I mean, come on, correct me if I'm wrong. Like how long is it going to be until we look back on this and go, Oh my gosh, this is just like how they treated the gay people. Like, come on y'all. Like it's the fucking same. (laughs) All right. Um, Um, And I know that's, that's uh, reductive and lacks nuance, but. It's fine. If you're, you have emotions, and I think people need to be more um, more open to people being able to express their emotions and not take that as an invalidation of what's being said. Uh, there's a lot of tone policing that comes from this concept, uh, this neoliberal concept of, of respectability in, in talking about something where if you engage in any sort of emotional conversation, you're you're not doing it right. And they get all angry, and, and, and it's just it's funny. It's silly to me because it's like, how, how could I not be angry? How could I not be angry when my existence is constantly invalidated, attacked, or torn down by the systems that you support? And you expect me to be calm about it? Like, like, and the same, the same goes with, 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 with ableism, right? Like, like people will be like, oh, why can't you just talk about this stuff calmly? When, when groups like Autism Speaks are actively saying they want me to not exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, um, I, I don't think that expressing emotions is a lesser thing when engaging with political discussion. I mean, how you express emotions can can matter, right? If you're just being an asshole to everybody or something, that's not expressing your emotional feelings. That's just being an asshole. But that's separate from the emotions, you know, like uh and yeah. Yeah, tone tone isn't everything, right? Someone can be incredibly polite and incredibly bigoted at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just go look at Jordan Peterson. A lot of times he's He's very polite with how he talks, and then he's completely bigoted. Uh, you, you know, I don't, I don't hate these people. I just don't think that they should be allowed to do anything that they, you know, want with their bodily autonomy. And I want to strip it away. <laughs> um, Best Jordanson Peterson, a Jordan Jordanson Peterson impression on Jordanson. the planet. That's his new name, Jordanson Peterson. Yeah, um, and I guess one last question for you, Dan, is just. Yeah. Um, is there one piece of information that like that you've learned uh, through the process of becoming a leftist that was like the most shocking piece of information or like the most like, holy shit, the system is really fucked up moment um, where you're like, yeah. how is this not being talked about? What one? I mean, it, it, it's almost like every single thing I learn. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, there's, <laughs> I don't know. One thing just sticks yeah. out. One thing just sticks out right right when you said that. And that's. um 
when I was learning about you know housing crisis in the United States, we have so many people that are unhoused, and we have like an exponential amount of available dwellings. And it literally blew my mind and it just hurt my heart. It, just like all of this shit that I learned about, you know, it's just, it is, it is what it is. All of this anti-capitalist propaganda that we, that we, that we learn about and, 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 and recognize as reality and, and it's broken and so not broken, broken implies, I got to rem remember my language. Broken implies it's, it's not working as intended. And I do believe it is working as intended. It's, it's harmful. It's harmful yeah. and construct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I just think about that. Like, like I, I think that's the other, that's the one that always hits me is just, um, we could just end homelessness. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's not, that's not an exaggeration. I mean, yes, it would require, uh, some complicated, you know, movement of people into the right locations, um, getting them to cities to like redistribute, but right. people don't realize just how many empty houses there are relative to most people i don't want to try to say the statistic off the top of my head because i don't remember the exact value but yeah. i do know that it's multiple times yeah. as many houses yeah like it, we're not even talking about like oh force people to let people live in their in their mansion with them uh no. we're talking about like literally empty houses yeah why are there what homeless the people fuck, what's the point it's our choice like we've chosen it it's literally like america it's like what yeah, America the, the is. system has chosen as a so, large social movement yeah. to just be like, no, homelessness is okay. And the, this is the important thing. And this is why I like despise class reductionists because you can't really talk about any of these issues without talking about um, identity to some degree. Like yeah. homelessness primarily affects people of color and especially queer people of color and especially right. queer disabled people of color yeah. and any individual parts of those groups. But like the intersection of those three is affected the most heavily right. and i i refuse to believe that there isn't at least some aspect of racism and of bigotry in why the system is like this is acceptable right it's okay for us to maintain homelessness because it's affecting mostly marginalized people um yeah. like i i think it was really telling watching texas's response to the crisis um yeah a crisis that only occurred. So my, my, my dad's a mechanical engineer. And he talked to me about like, uh, like right after about like how, how lackadaisical Texas's building laws are. So to cut costs from a, to make it as cheap as possible to build all these buildings, almost none of the infrastructure, especially pipes was built to handle any real large change in temperature. Mm -hmm. They could have just done that, but to cut costs down and make it cheaper, they didn't. Um, and like that yeah. that is so sad because it's a, a so a a climate crisis caused by capitalism altering our because because we wouldn't have had like the, the that specific winter storm is a direct result of, of uh, climate change um yeah it's complicated and i'm not the person to explain why but uh i go look it up go research stuff but um so a crisis caused by capitalism got way worse because of other capitalist things. And it's, it's, it's this important thing that people need to get is none of this is separated. I, I, I think capitalists like us to try to like, like minimize into singular topics, right? Like, like homelessness is one attention to any of the actual problems of, of like capitalism, the way that it's leading to a lot of these issues. Right. Um, because if we, if we only ever microanalyze and never take any sort of macro lens to the world around us, we can't really understand how things interrelate. We can't really engage with changing them. Um, it's kind of like, 
um, let's say you're sick because uh, because you've been shot with a bullet and you're getting lead poisoning. Yikes! So it's a weird analogy, but I'm, you can you, yeah. you you can do stuff to try to like treat the symptoms from the lead poisoning and everything. Yeah. But if you don't remove the bullet and heal the wound and disinfect it and do all that stuff, right? If you don't actually deal with the initial thing that's causing everything, mm-hmm. you're just going to eventually slowly die from it, right? Like, <laughs> that's the reality. Uh, and we're, we're, like, I don't know why I went to, like, a 1850s musket, but, <laughs> but like, musket injury. But, but it was just one that I could think of that, like, really has that example of, like, if you don't handle the problem, eventually the problem is just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse, and you've never really... So why does it auto go to the background effect? I don't want the background effect. There we go. Oh. This makes my hair look funny. Um, I mean, yeah, Skype. Sorry. Skype. Skype's doing its own thing, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's like I, I think we need to like obviously you can't focus on all problems at once, but I do think that it is relevant to be able to say, hey, I'm dealing with ten problems. What is the source of the problem? for each of them and if you find they're all tracking back to the same source maybe we should be attacking that source and not just trying to deal with the end bits because even if we did manage to successfully deal with each of those 10 you know symptoms on their own if you never deal with the source of of the illness um you're never really going to stop having to treat symptoms over and over and over and over again um like <laughs> yeah no it's 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 difficult it's difficult to engage with because they want us to keep it all separate yo spitting it today Aaron <laughs> I feel like I That's got you on a good I, day uh, not that you yeah. you have met it sometimes i can make the words the words sound good sometimes (laughs) those words are hitting i'll tell you what love it um okay well we're in this uh the 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 final portion where you you ask me your questions any other questions for me is this it every question um i'm sorry i don't have good answers i'll try hard i'm I'm terrible with questions uh that's fine but um If there's one thing that you find is lacking in 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 leftist teaching and learning uh, for yourself, like what 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 is that thing? Like what what is the the thing that that you find is is not meeting your needs in in that aspect? That's a good question. In turn, you know what's missing? It, it, it's sort of like w- what I had, you know, when I was a lib, in uh, in and it's it's I had comedy, okay? I had comedy. I had the Daily Show. I had things that I could go to and laugh about things as a lib. Yeah, you know. And by doing that, you actually you know learn along the way. Yeah, you, you know, by watching John Stewart, you learned about all the fucking terrible shit the Republicans are doing, and you you, you can become aware of, of things by doing that. Um, but um, I sort of find that that's not exactly a thing on the left currently, and I'd like to see for that to develop, uh, sort of like a leftist 
sort of like a daily show, a leftist SNL type thing where in a funny comedic way, go over the topical things of the day, of the week, of mm-hmm. the month, whatever, and give people a way to laugh about it. And, you know, while also learning about it, because, you know, it's hard to balance trying to stay uh, aware of what's going on in the world and also trying to stay, you know, like sane, you know, whatever, whatever that is for you. Like, it just feels like every time I try to make myself aware of the world, I, I, I end up, you know, uh, 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 hating it because I, I learned something that I hate about the world and I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So. It's, it's, um, I think it's, I think it's, it's hard to balance. Right. I think there's some things that, that kind of do it like, um, some more news does it to a degree, but sometimes it's still pretty, uh, tough, <laughs> but like some more news I would say is, is pretty, pretty funny in how it, how it delivers news and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it's just, uh, you know, you talk about those shows like those have entire writing staffs and things. And I think it's it's partially mm-hmm. also just like the the resources to make something like that. Like, uh, I, I don't think people realize how difficult comedy genuinely is um, as an art form. Mm-hmm. And like art, art is super, super collaborative. And um, it's a lot easier to directly talk about a topic in a in a straightforward manner, it's a lot harder to properly teach that topic and be funny. Yeah. Um, you can do it. I try to do it when I can, like I'll make jokes, but, um, be, yeah, I, I, I would like to see someone really try that. Uh, cause yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. You can improv stuff to a degree, but like yeah. that, really formatted well stuff would, would be interesting to see. I wonder if someone could maybe pull it off and just do like, rather than doing the full show of one of those things, like maybe a two to like one of the two to three minute segments a day, you know, for like five days a week. Um, it would be tough, but I, I think you could do it. Hey awesome. bubbles. How are you doing? Um, yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah, man. Is that it? Aaronach, is that it? I don't I'm happy to keep uh, chatting if you have I'm a topic. Well, you know what would be fun? You know, I had an idea. Yeah. You, yeah. Are you ready for an idea? You know how I do this? You know how I do the Ben Shambino, etc. So, here's... Should ben Shambino we... oh, interviews Jordan. I was thinking about making you a Jordan Peterson overlay, but you just took it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's 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 do both overlays. Oh my gosh! Someone... <laughs> and, oh my gosh! And 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 do Ben Shambino interviews Jordan Peterson? <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't believe this is happening. All right, I need a good Jordan Peterson picture here that you're gonna um, speak from his mouth. Oh my yeah, god! I you're gonna it. be in. The, you're gonna. Oh. You, you, you know. These I, I got a good one. They're placing themselves in the mouth of 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 myself, oh, and in so doing, they're they're trying to like, you, you know, take Super my real. animus, and, and this is just completely unacceptable. <laughs> all right, so, okay, so here we go. Oh, first of all, I got to Photoshop it. Oh man, oh, if yeah, I open yeah. Photoshop, it's gonna go crazy. Okay, let's see what I can do here. Cross you your fingers. I, I can do it myself. Um, I just I just need the mouth cut out of, just of mouth the cut image. Out. Just send me the send me the image you wanted, and then I'll yeah. I'll just quickly cut it out because it'll take me yeah. two seconds to escape. Oh my god! Um, I got the image here. It's gonna be so funny. Oh it's gonna be gosh. so funny. Just cut the mouth out. 
Give yourself a little space to wiggle around in there. It's going to look perfect with your makeup, of course. Oh, absolutely. That's going to be real funny. Give it like a Mouth of Sauron vibe. <laughs> how, about, how about that picture? Pretty, pretty awful looking picture of him. I don't know if you have a better one or something. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> he looks like He shit. looks so... <laughs> So forlorn. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've seen the depths of, of the internet's cursed power, and and. Uh... <laughs> hey, Marzi. Hey, chat. Good to be with you today. It, really it, it does feel like the interview portion of our chat is over, so we're just we're, we're just, just hanging out at this point. Now. We're just shitting around. This is going to be fun. So I, I first I need to get the Ben Shambino on top of mine. So while you work on that, I'll pull up the Ben Shambino overlay. There's, there's Ben. Oh my God, I can't believe this is going to be real. All right. Perfect. Why is oh, actually, I don't know how far I'm going to say. <laughs> I need to lock Shambino. Stay, Sam. Stay, Shambino. You've got mail. Oh, thanks for the you thousand biddies, Cola Cigar, cigar Guy. Damn, a thousand shit. Off the charts right there. All right, we got Ben Chambino. Ben Aaron, I can't wait for you to finish up the Photoshop. <laughs> I, I, love, I love your Ben Chambino because it's got this, like, very specific energy of... <laughs> yeah. Like... I don't know, he just captures this weird energy that he has. My energy's perfect. My energy makes my wife's P word dry as a bone. <laughs> it dries her up. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I don't think anyone can ever top the like disastrous moment of yeah. like live on TV being like, I'm incapable of, of <laughs> Let's say hypothetically that I just like can't satisfy my wife. You know how would you do that? <laughs> like I just I don't. I think that's objectively hilarious. Like that's something you can make fun of someone yeah. for because it's like he chose to say that as a brag. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it will never not be hilarious to me. Yes. Um, yeah. Maybe. Sorry. I'm, no, it's fine. Pretty slow because I'm distracted by laughing. <laughs> All right. Um, I love how I have, I have an entire folder just dedicated to um, hopefully this exports properly. Yeah, there we go. There's there's <laughs> little Jordan Peterson with the, with the mouth cut out. I think it? the pure universe version of Ben Shapiro would just be this this sweet, kindly person that like like really took the time to understand people that that's the mirror universe version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope you gave yourself enough space in the mouth. It looked a little, I hope so. a little thin in the awesome. mouth. Let's see if it is, I'll, I'll, I'll redo it. It looked a little thin <laughs> in the mouth. Okay. Hold on. And I'll, I'll move you into place a little bit too. Just let me crop and et cetera. And we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll, I'll move you into place. Sounds good. Oh my gosh. This is the dumbest thing. Why do we do this shit? This is so fun. This is why I like playing on the internet. <laughs> well, all I want to do is play all day. Yeah, exactly. It's like Guess. you know what? I I I, I think uh, I think these people are worth. There we go. Okay. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Maybe make him a touch bigger. That, that, I think that'll that'll get it just right. I'll make your mouth smaller, like your actual mouth smaller. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stay in position is hard. It's hard. Okay. It is hard. Yeah. Let's say hypothetically that, that <laughs> I was a tiny mouth on a screen, you know, and I looked forlorn into the distance because no one really understood uh, the, the real me. Uh, Jordan, Ben Shapiro here. I want to let you know I understand you perfectly well. You hate trans people just like me. I, Except you, we just I, don't I have mean, to say I, it like I, that out loud. Since we're in, I never, since I never we're in private, we can that, talk like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I never said that I hate trans people. Not I out just, loud. I just don't think that they should exist. Right. <laughs> so you're smart about it. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, uh, th these leftists are out here trying to get us to, like, directly say the thing uh, out loud. But but I, I'm very clever. I just almost say it constantly. And that that definitely doesn't mean I'm saying it, but I'm also not not saying it. Exactly. I learn a lot from you. And that's why I think the terrorists like us. They follow <laughs> our material. You know, I, 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 I resent this, this attachment between me and, and terrorists. I, I constantly abhor violence. Um, I, I mean, I know that I, that I talk about how people need to reject things in a violent manner, but, but I didn't think they'd take it literally. Jordan, I wanted to ask you about cultural Marxism. I think it's ruining society. What do oh, you yes, think? I, I mean... I, I definitely wasn't making a horrible, horrible anti-Semitic reference to to cultural Bolshevism when I when I came up with that phrase and, and started saying it a lot. You know, you know, people will say that 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 uh, I have connections to Nazis, and I just I completely disagree with this. I mean, uh, other than the fact that I just constantly repeat their talking points and and dog whistles, I, I just I don't understand how people can come to that conclusion. It doesn't make sense. You know, it's it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> Jordan, my favorite thing is how you don't understand Marxism, but you own all of the Marxists. Exactly. <laughs> Smooth you move, see, JP. I, I, I understand it so well that uh, that I have never read it. Um, this is an actual thing that you said. <laughs> you know, you know uh, the, these leftists, they, uh, they expect you to read these giant books when critiquing them. Meanwhile, yeah. my own fans will get incredibly angry at people for for uh, not reading and watching, you know, the 1,700 hours of content I've put on YouTube. Uh, you, you know, when you put 1,700 hours of content on YouTube, I think it's just ridiculous to, to, to select specific quotes as, as being bad. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's literally every single individual interview I've ever done uh, has had moments that people have selected out for this, but I'll keep acting like it's misrepresentative of my work because they haven't watched enough of it because it's a really, you know, it's a really great way of getting people to, uh, to just watch all my content and it just keeps giving me that sweet, sweet money. And that's all I care about, really. I, I need to, I need to <laughs> fund my beef. I have to consume beef to continue existing on this plane of existence. And the only way to do that is 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 through just chilling constantly. You are my beef daddy. And I actually had a question. Are you doing okay? Your videos, uh, you know, one of your rules is clean your room and it's a really dirty room. What's that it, about? It, well, you know, my, my rules don't apply to me because oh. I, I'm just above the normal human beings. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, I don't have to follow my own rules for life. Uh, I just write them for other people so I can make money. That's I, a I, great I idea. Daddy of beef. Um, 
you know, I, I, I'll constantly decry people uh, for, for having addictions, but have a benzo addiction. Uh, yeah, you know, I noticed that. You look like shit. What do you look like crap in this picture? Are you okay? Well, you know. Video, eating, I mean. Video. Eating beef just slowly consumes <laughs> your, your soul. Um, you can could, you could watch it leaving my pores as we speak. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little worried about you, but I think your daughter's got it taken care of. But there was this yeah, worry mean, that she was actually trying to kill you. I, What's I mean, the truth, Jordan? I mean, I, I, I you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, I talk about the, the you know, death drive a lot in, in my work. Um, and I just think that, like, if you don't, you know, have your children actively trying to kill you and usurp you, then you've kind of failed at, at setting them up to be ruthless <laughs> tyrants. Um <laughs> You know, as is the goal of all parents, uh, you you want your child to just become become the ruthless tyrant that you could never be. Jordan, thank you for calling in today. I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> but never for, never forget that uh, you know the hierarchy of lobsters is is the most uh, recognizable way of organizing society, and it's very important to in, in, engage in, in lobster discourse at all times, um, and and consume your beef. <laughs> I, I know that, that like cows, you, you know, over over farming of cows is just destroying the environment worldwide. But but, uh, you, you know, the beef is just too tasty. I just can't I can't get enough of, of consuming this beef. You can call me the daddy of beef. Beef daddy. Indeed. Uh, Jordan, <laughs> thank you for your time. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Why do we do these things? All right. Yeah. Uh, and now my camera looks all weird. I, okay. I, I seriously, I, I, I wish people, cause yeah. It, like, yeah, the, the, the whole cars from Marxism thing is funny, but people really, really, really need to understand how, like, how interrelated that is with Nazi yeah. rhetoric, because it comes from the concept of cultural Bolshevism, which was this whole thing that the, the Nazis basically blamed Jewish people for, for communism. Um, <laughs> like, like and when I'm saying Nazis, I mean like the literal Nazi party propaganda Nazis, like, mm -hmm. like, and, and it's just so funny to me. Cause like, how can anyone watch Jordan Peterson, uh, and not realize like how many of his dog whistles are just like direct fascist dog whistles. It's just silly. It's so frustrating. Like, uh, he he really is just the most fascinating bigot. Yeah. Like. Yeah, pretty fascinating. Amongst the bigots. Yeah. Yeah, because he's unique. Like he's. Yeah. I, I think he's like uniquely unaware of his own self. Um, <laughs> yeah. while also being like hyper aware of how he talks and stuff. And it's really funny when he slips up and like, cause he weaves these like weird sort of webs. And sometimes he's like, Oh shit, I've cocooned myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a perfect example of someone who takes himself way too fucking seriously. Uh, oh yeah. All the fucking time. Uh, but he's sort of done this to himself. Like you almost it's, can't, you don't, I don't feel bad about it. I don't. I don't feel. I. I feel bad that he's dealt with with drug addiction. I would not wish yeah. that on on anyone. Um, I. I feel bad that he's had health issues. Um, because I'm a human being and I can't help yeah. but feel care about all people. Like, mm -hmm. but 
I don't feel fucking bad for him for him being miserable because mm. fuck him, he's earned misery. <laughs> he chose it. Like, yep. I, I don't know. I think he's someone who who is so consumed his entire life with obsessing about his own hatred of other people that like mm. inevitably it has just resulted in an absolute, uh, you know, he just he just chooses misery constantly. I like I can't I can't imagine it's healthy. To spend that much of your time and day obsessing over these enemies you've made up, um, and and I can't imagine you're, you're a particularly help, happy person if you think that like the world is being destroyed like that. And um, as Rennie Artis said in chat, hate yeah. kills your body for sure. It literally does. We know for a fact that that stress and hate and things um, has a cellular effect. <laughs> which is which is wild but like he i i don't know i I think he he uh he doesn't deserve punishment or pain because i don't i don't believe in punitive justice but i do think that like he has chosen this misery yeah and that's on him and i will never fucking feel bad for him for choosing to be a miserable asshole and i will never feel bad for him as an overall person or like care like be beyond just like he's a human being and deserves to exist, but like he exclusively spreads hatred. Yeah, he's dedicated his life and career to making money off of the selling of hatred. While while you were chatting, I was I was thinking about how I, I couldn't picture Jordan Peterson smiling in my head, and it, he looks a little weird sometimes. <laughs> like it looks a little unnatural. Like you really wish this was the most natural well, one of him smiling. He looks a little funny sometimes. I'll tell you what. He's like, this is a little well, forced. This isn't. This is. Is this what faces do? Well, he's he's very curated. He's a character. Yeah. Like I think that's yeah. a, like the, the stuff that we see from him in public is a character. Like we know for a fact that he puts on that voice. That's not his natural voice. What? Yeah, he exaggerates it. I no. mean, he has like somewhat of a raspy voice and whatever, but he does like a, a performer voice. You know, he's he's really trying what? to project and and he chooses his words in a very specific oh. manner that results in like weaving people into this weird mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And he just he's fascinating. But that's it, it, something that people don't realize a lot about a lot of these people like like same with Alex Jones. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, Alex Jones, I you know, is, is so like he's so up into his own lies that you could never <sighs> tell like what he what he's actually lying about, what he genuinely believes. But, like, Alex Jones is a shock jock character who, like, let it consume his life for two decades to the point where, like, and he's been horrible since, like, he first came on the scene. But, like, you can watch his just dissension into um, diluting himself of all of reality. Like, and these are choices he made. Like, it's not... um, there's nothing about it that's inherent to him. He just chose to, um, like, like you don't get to the point where where you're sitting on TV going, they're putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay, a gay bomb. You know, like he, 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 like he basically just kept having to find more and more ridiculous conspiracies to mm-hmm. keep the money he was making. And this is something that I think. Um, this is a good topic to talk about uh, the relationship of money and incentives and systems and, and how that results in people's behaviors uh, with respect to online presences. But, yeah. but like, so Alex Jones, the reason why he does ridiculous conspiracy theories is twofold. One, he does not give a shit about other human beings. Like he just yeah. doesn't, we know that for a fact, like he, he will say any harmful thing as long as it makes him money. 
thus like everything with the uh, Sandy Hook shooting and afterwards, right? He knows that 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 controversy sells, but the problem is that you have to endlessly escalate the controversy and the, right. the the ridiculous aspects of what you're saying. And so at this point, you know, Alex Jones is basically like off, you know, talking about another planet, like like some fantasy world where the demons and aliens are coming to get people. But the the scary thing is that no matter how far he goes with those ridiculous things, he's always still inevitably talking about marginalized groups and pushing people to hate and attack marginalized yeah. groups. And like that's that's an integral aspect to, to Alex Jones. I also think it's an integral aspect of um, a lot of like 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 money incentives and the way that people like whether they realize it or not, it it alters the way that they behave is like like the Twitch debate culture and that sort of aggressive, toxic, masculine way of engaging with your, um, uh, the, the person you're discussing with, uh, it comes from the fact that controversy and anger sells. And the problem is that, uh, like, I don't think that you can really tell when a lot of these people, uh, th there are good debaters out there on Twitch, to be clear. I'm, yeah. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about the general system of behavior and some of the larger channels and how they work is they are incentivized to be um, as extreme in wording as possible, right? And and to be as combative as possible because combative behavior in a debate sphere um, generates money. I'm going to use two people as an example. I want to be clear that I'm not just like, ooh, these people are the devil or whatever. I'm just using them because they're like the perfect example because you can go look it up and watch it happen in real time, how they're being like literally money's dinging in because they're being horrible to each other. Um, I don't like either of these creators, but that's separate to this conversation. I need mm -hmm. people to understand that I'm trying to talk about the general behavior. I just need a good example. And I'm using these two because they are the biggest channels and me saying something negative about them is going to have no negative impact on them realistically. So Vosh and Mike from PA have this <laughs> debate a little while ago, and it was literally just two grown men screaming at each other. And everyone was focused on what they were screaming and whatever. And to me, the only thing that was really relevant there was watch their donations. They are making a fuck ton of money doing that. Do you seriously think they're going to ever stop doing that without the monetary incentives? I like I so at this point, I can't tell what what is what is genuine behavior and what is what is the uh, what is the influence of money and of viewership in in being being aggressive with each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like there, there are a lot of people like that on Twitch. There's a lot mm -hmm. of spaces like that. Now I have some respect for people who do just go like, yeah, you know what? I'm having a goofy debate thing that is just entertainment and they acknowledge it's entertainment. And that's mm -hmm. why they're being like that. I, I have some respect for those people because I I'm perfectly fine with doing MMA with words. If you're going to at least acknowledge that what's your purpose, that's that that's your purpose and that you're not um, like we talked about this earlier with the whole like centralizing yourself as like some voice of a movement and stuff. Yeah. Right. If you're doing that, when it's clear that you're just out here to do like MMA with words mm -hmm. and you keep acting like you're this like morally superior or whatever, it's just not useful. You're not providing anything to anyone uh, other than entertainment. But this, again, right, if you can acknowledge that it's, yeah, like, don't call the vaudeville show a con constitutional convention and I'm fine to laugh at the vaudeville. Exactly, Jake. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I would like people 
uh, like these large creators, and I use the two biggest as a, a as an example because that 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 specific mm-hmm. debate is the, the like you can just watch them escalating as the <sighs> donations are escalating. It's ridiculous. Like it's so obvious that, that that is what's going on to me anyway. It, watching yeah. it, um, that that like it it doesn't really have anything to do with what's being like the topics. They could be literally arguing about like is chocolate milk good, and they'd be doing the same shit because the it's it's not about the topics being discussed for. It, for a lot of that audience and like why they're making money it's it's about the behavior towards each other because yeah some people really get their kicks off i don't enjoy it but some people get their kicks off of watching people scream at each other and and get aggressive and have these big emotions and if that's what you enjoy that's perfectly fine just understand that you're not doing some magical thing for politics you're doing a vaudeville show acknowledge it's a vaudeville show please like just just engage with th- that you're doing a silly show, um, like, and that's why um, I, I think like even just the term debate is so poisoned by by this that it's hard to engage with it. And so that's why I just I try to focus on on conversation and engaging with individuals on a on a interpersonal level, like what we're doing right here, right? Um, because it's actually helpful, and you can do big panel shows that are that are positive in that way. Yeah. Um. But but you gotta have some rules, and you, you gotta you gotta understand that you're not just there to like encourage controversy. And I think, yeah. unfortunately, it also results in an aspect of like it's hard to tell what genuine like what, what the people genuinely think when they'll admit that they say things specifically just for the like emotional reaction, right? It's like okay, well if you're constantly doing stuff that's just above the emotional reaction of people and about pissing people off or whatever, or getting controversy, how can you expect me to trust that you're saying things with genuine intention outside of that context? Um, it, it makes it really hard to like decipher what they think. Um, because so much of their conversation is primarily motivated by engaging with drama, engaging with conflict and stuff. And I want to be clear that like, I, I don't care if these people dislike me or hate me for saying this. I'm not here to start drama and I don't want to have an argument. Um, I, I just, I want people to understand that we are motivated as individuals by a variety of factors and that systems motivate those things in a specific way and Twitch completely unintentionally um, as a system because of the way that money comes in and, and people viewership and stuff, controversy and drama sells it increases viewership it increases money coming in and as i said right there's lots of people who engage with that stuff that i don't dislike but they're at least honest about why they're engaging with it and what they're engaging with um and and then there's a second aspect of this which is which is twitter conflict before we get to number two i want to just point i want to redirect number one and just sort of go hey everyone what is number one pointing at what is the big problem that number one's pointing at? Capitalism is exacerbating these fucking problems. It's not about in our leftist. It's always the fucking. It's always one of. The, it's not always. It's usually the biggest yeah. fucking problem in the room. No, the the, the biggest like like if you want to change stuff with that, right? The the problem there isn't, um, isn't all of the individuals that are being influenced by the system, right? Like yes, we all have some amount of personal responsibility in how we engage with stuff, but I don't care about that because it's not worth fucking critiquing to me i don't give a shit about those people as individuals 
what I care about acknowledging and what, what I want people to understand is the way that the systems are incentivizing them to behave. And this is why I want to talk about Twitter and I want to explain where, and I also want to explain something about like where the perspective I'm coming from this is. Um, I'm going to say the way we're game theory and a lot of people are going to think, going to think I'm talking about the economists misunderstanding of, of, of a field of research because economists do not understand game theory. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about it with it. And also game theory is not that annoying YouTube channel. Uh, it is a, an actual field of study about how um, incentives and, and um, motivations result in people's actions. Uh, and, and how we and why and how we make ch decisions based on probability and stuff. But in this case, we're mostly caring more about like motivations and how it results in things. So, uh, Twitter. Um, I want to be very fucking clear about something. I am not critiquing individuals here. I am critiquing purely the 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 system of Twitter. Now, there there absolutely is socialization things that goes on with this. But if you actually want to change like how toxic Twitter is, the thing you'd actually have to change is Twitter, not the people. Um, there are there are always going to be people who are like conflict. They are a outlier group. They're a very active, annoying outlier group, but they're an outlier group. What I want to talk about is just like like a, like the way that Twitter's systems incentivize conflict. So, okay. um, most people, to some d degree, um, get uh, get a dopamine hit when people like something on social media that they've posted. Mm -hmm. This is. Step one, it's pretty simple, but we tend to go to things that give us dopamine when we are dealing with something that has hurt us or or a negative experience. So this Twitter is hurts me. So, so I so, go back to um, it for, it's an abusive relationship is what it is. Uh, did I finish your point? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was no, sort no, of you, making you a joke. Great. I love it. No, I love that you're bringing, no, but you're bringing it in because this is, this is a genuine thing sorry. we've studied. Now, most of the studies were on Facebook, but, but the, the, the like to like re-engaging in a negative experience causing you to re-engage with the same system over again. That's an actual thing. Okay. Now, conflict threads. Why do conflict threads do this? Well, there's a couple of things. One, quote tweets and replies and like long, like long form interaction back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, continuously gets you interaction, right? And we get our little dopamine hit from the interaction. But when the interaction's negative, we go to Twitter to deal with the dopamine hit. So we're getting we're getting dopamine hits for arguing, right? It's incentivizing negative behavior, right? We've got we've got a positive manipulator, right? A positive uh, motivator going on there of like if I interact, I get I get likes. We've got um, the the social pressure of not wanting to be seen as like weak or whatever, which a lot of toxic masculine figures get really into. Yeah. So. Um, so you get that, 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 that layer as well. You have the negative motivator that is encouraging you to go seek out dopamine, right? Which is the interaction in of itself. And so you basically enter into this situation where a lot of people, especially if they struggle with handling, um, if they get really strong dopamine reaction to Twitter interactions, right? Um, you get people who continuously engage in these like conflict threads where they'll argue with someone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And here's what's really important too. Because you get dopamine by continuing the conversation, continuing the engagement, there is no incentive to actually seek out resolution or understanding with the other person. Mm -hmm. All of the incentives are increasing and in continuing the conflict. So... Um, I want to be clear. Yes, everyone does have some amount of personal responsibility in this stuff, but I think we really need to take an examination of how much the systems that we are in are encouraging this behavior. There, like, 
And I am talking purely just the code perspective. I am sure a, a specialist in, in, in behavioral psychology could cover this uh, from the, the aspect of like, the, and, and sociologists could cover this more aspect in the, the like socialization of people and how that interacts with us on top of it. But I, I, this is why I'm so tired of people just like shitting on people for engaging with Twitter in this way without like any sort of critique of Twitter. And I'm like, the thing is that like, yes, people will form like negative communities like that, that are like really mm -hmm. conflict heavy and everything. But Twitter is a unique place where it occurs in every community on Twitter, in every space on Twitter, all over the place. You cannot tell me that that is not a result of Twitter's algorithms and systems. And, um, and we are not actually in control of this. And to treat it like it's just a social system, like it's like a bunch of people sitting in a room talking, is a fundamental failure to engage with any sort of research on game theory and its relation and behavioral sciences and its relationship to social media. Um, so it's it's really, really important to understand how much Twitch and Twitter, if engaged with in the wrong way, is going to incentivize shitty behavior to other people, misunderstanding and and harming other people. And I think we need to stop spending all of our time bitching about individuals who are behaving poorly. And uh, and I want to be clear, like, I am not talking about someone like saying horrible, bigoted stuff. I'm just talking about people like having petty arguments with each other for two hours on Twitter. Is it like, yeah, it's annoying and everything. We need to be critiquing the capitalism around it mm -hmm. more. And we need to be engaging with that more because if we really wanted to change stuff. We, we dismantle those things. So um, that's yeah. my... That's my my little rant about Twitter's incentive structure and how it relates to increasing conflict and maintaining conflict. And, and it's a system of power. It's like a pillar of power in society yeah. <clears throat> that's not only not proved itself to be, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's a system of power in society that's not only not proved itself to be legitimate, it's actively proving itself to be illegitimate. Uh, and yeah. in, in that sense... Uh, it, it, it's, it's gotta, it's something's gotta give, something's gotta happen. Yeah. Um, and I just, this is I, just bad. And I think it's just unfortunate. Um, and again, to reiterate, I, I just don't care that much about the individual. I care about the general behaviors of people and the large scale stuff. And like, like massive numbers of peoples with drastically different perspectives, yeah. right. With different worldviews and engagements and behaviors don't all start doing the same behavior in a specific context without some kind of motivator and i would say to say that like like it's it's just on the individuals and the social structure and and that none of it is related to the like incentives in 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 the tech that we're being that we're using the platforms we're on and stuff mm -hmm. so how do we combat that well we don't really have much control over twitter we don't have much control over twitch but we can control ourselves and how we engage with things so part of it is is establishing rule sets for behavior um, as a community mm -hmm. rather than letting the systems dictate their behavior. So um, mm -hmm. disincentivizing screaming match debate stuff. Um, okay. is, yeah. Right. I'd like like just, just, that, right? just saying yeah, that yeah. like, like, Hey, I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm not, I'm not going to encourage that behavior. Right. Like, um, taking more time before reacting to things like like when it, there's there's only so much we can do as an individual and i want to be clear that i'm not placing the blame or the onus on every individual to to fix this i'm just saying that like i'm sure a lot of us want these things to be a little bit better and, and there's there's little tiny things we can do 
Um, and I, I think taking more time to try to understand where someone's coming from, even people we drastically disagree with, and uh, and engaging with it in uh, a steady manner where we don't just jump to our first like emotional thing. Um, for Twitter, a big one is stop yeah. quote tweeting bigots. Take a okay. screenshot. Yeah. Or talk about the behavior on its own. Okay. So, like when I was talking about like the go outside stuff, right? I could spend all day going to every single person when they say that and saying, hey, stop fucking doing this. It sucks. And explain why. No fucking reason. But what I can instead do is go, hey, here's a problematic behavior. Mm -hmm. Here's why it's problematic. Right? Mm -hmm. There's the information for you. The other thing is that it removes a lot of um, a lot of uh, That's called subtweeting though, right? That's a subtweet. Oh, is God. that well, the difference? But the name other people well, the, the, the funny thing is that, like what you're actually talking about is the, it's the exact same thing of like like seeking out conflict right so um if i tweet something about like like shitty behavior i've almost never had the original person respond but i've had plenty of other people really sell themselves out yeah <laughs> by 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 getting really angry about it and getting up in my yeah. my my space about it and i'm just like um yeah i wasn't talking about you hmm. this was never about you it's weird that you're making it about you. <laughs> the lady like, doth protest too much. A little, yeah, in a way, in a way that it is kind of this like, like, I don't know if, if your first response to someone saying like, hey, this is kind of not great behavior is to yeah. like get angry at that person and get up in that person's face. And we all have emotional reactions to it because we've been taught from a young age that when someone says something is bigoted, it's a moral judgment of the person, not yeah. a discussion of how, um, of how bigotry is taught to us and it's learned behaviors and that we have to take practice to unlearn them. Um, right. So, so yeah, you're going to have an emotional response. There's nothing wrong with having an emotional response. Like it's, are, is it a good emotional response? No, I don't think it's a good emotional response to hear someone talking about how, how something's bigoted and get angry at them and whatever. But, but you experiencing that anger, that's just how your brain works. You can't make that not happen. However, you don't have to expel it out into the world. Mm. If that makes sense. I Absolutely. For me, it's uh, like you're saying there's a there's a, a harmful behavior. And if someone doesn't agree, they don't have to, like, be an asshole about it. Just don't agree. Yeah. And, and you don't, um, like, if you don't get it, right, if you don't understand, mm -hmm. to me, that is not a time to get angry and try to argue your perspective. No. If you don't understand the other perspective, right? Um, and yeah. I want to be clear. I'm not saying you can't state your perspective separate from it. Um, but but if you don't understand the perspective, maybe it's time to ask some questions or take a breather and come yeah. back later. Um, I think a lot of conflict, and again, because Twitter incentivizes quick response and an immediate anger and like maximum emotion and everything. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of conflict could be resolved by people taking a little bit of time to just like step back. Um, if you know the person going into DMs and trying to ask things in a polite and respectful manner, right? If you don't understand it and like look up resources and whatever the topic is. Because um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, we, we all have emotions. We mm. don't get to dictate what they are. We don't have absolute control over them. But we can, um, 
we can control how we react to to our emotional state and how we we treat other people. And for me, uh, a lot of time too, and this is really important, is I don't I don't care that much about intention. You can never really know someone else's intentions. I mean, I think it's better to try to approach things as most people probably have good intentions. There are exceptions, but they're yeah. usually very obvious. Like yeah. Nazis have bad intentions. I don't think that should be a controversial or hard to take statement, no. <laughs> right? Um, but but uh, and, and same with turfs. Turfs have bad intentions. Mm. I've dealt with enough of them to know that for for certain. Um, but but outside of that, like the intention doesn't matter if the harm's been done, right? Mm. If uh, you know, if you hurt someone else. Even if that wasn't your intention, your intention isn't really the relevant or important aspect of that conversation to me uh, most times. Um, it's it's about engaging with like, okay, well, how have I hurt this person and, and what can we do to resolve that or move past it? Or um, is it best for me to just leave this person alone? Um, and, and especially when it comes to like bigotry is that if you don't have those lived experiences, uh, you don't really have the perspective to maybe fully understand it and that's okay um it's okay to not know something i think we, we need to learn to be okay with not knowing something um what's not okay is taking that not knowing out on someone in an, an yeah. aggressive manner it seems to me like people are willing to speak over others lived experiences when they've never had that experience they seem to think that their opinion is as valid mm -hmm. even though they've never lived the experience and and they're also sort of demonstrating at the same time that they don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, and, and I just, as I said, like, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not even really about whether or not they, okay. like, like, again, it's just, you don't have to invalidate someone else's experiences to disagree, and you don't have to, like, be a shit about it. And I think you also need to take this, like, like, when people point out how an action, and again, there's a big difference between pointing out an action and a person, uh, when people point out an action is, is, biased bigoted or comes from a bigoted mindset yeah that is the time if you feel an emotion about it to go i should unpack why i'm feeling something i'm probably feeling something for a reason <laughs> um and there's probably something that i need to unpack about what capitalism and but western society has taught me hmm. um and as i said much much earlier in the conversation right like i I've dealt with a lot of internalized ableism and 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 uh, and transmissia and queermissia in general, and um, because society taught me to hate myself. So if you genuinely think that that I a don't think that people can change, or b that I'm and, and I've had people try to fucking say that, uh, which is weird, and and or b that that you think that um, I am passing a permanent moral judgment of the person, then you fundamentally don't understand my like who I am or my experiences, and you're not listening fully. Um, and I don't know a lot of disabled people who haven't, to some degree, struggled with internalized ableism. Mm -hmm. um, and so, same with queer people, because we are brought up in a very queer mystic society. We're brought up in a very ableist society, and that leaves a lot of things behind. Um, and as a final thought, I, I don't think anyone's perfect, but I think what matters is the pursuit of perfection, mm -hmm. even if it's literally unattainable. Um, seeking it out is still very valuable. Um, and to me, anyway, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you want people to be as comfortable as possible with you um, to feel like to do as minimal amount of harm in the world as you can and, and, and to try to understand experiences outside of your own? 
Um, I just, uh, I also completely understand how people get really emotional really quick about it. And that's, that's what I mean by like, take the time to like, take a breather. Um, cause I think a lot of times the worst stuff that people have done with respect to these things isn't even initial actions that people are, are critiquing, but instead their response to the initial, uh, to the critique, uh, has, has harmed them. And I also want to be clear, I'm not fucking perfect. I've had bad reactions to being corrected before too. What matters is is trying to seek out um, positive, good responses and and to treat people with respect, like especially marginalized people when when they're brave enough to express our experiences. Because the reality is, a lot of times when we try to talk about bigotry we experience, mm-hmm. we get a very um, combative response. I have almost never posted about ableism without losing followers. Um, and every time I do, I'm very careful about how I word it and what I say. Um, now, to be clear, I'm like, if you're going to unfollow me for saying some pretty mild things about ableism, that's a you problem. But the reason I know it's a thing is, is how consistent it is. It'll be about 10 to 20 minutes after I send a tweet about ableism, I'll lose about two to three followers, bingo. And... Um, and it has happened almost every single time for like months and months and months. And I know it's not just me because I've talked like like I, I'm in a in a server specifically for disabled leftist creators. And like all of us have talked about that experience. All of us experience a lot of fear about talking about any sort of ableism on Twitter or on stream or anything because um, we tend to get a lot of harassment from abled people. And unfortunately, a lot of times it comes from other leftists who don't want to listen. That's that's my piece. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I I feel like I do I should have to let you go. I should let you go here. I'm a little uh, fried after a long day of streaming, but hmm. this is the best way to end. Thank you. So uh, a much. nice long stream is with a good friend, someone to uh, to to get to listen to and hear from. And and you're so big brained, uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's. It's outdone by your big heart, Aranok, and I'm just so fortunate to to have you uh, uh, as a friend and have you uh, to be a part of the community with you. Well, I, I really appreciate getting a chat with you. Um, I really appreciate that you take the time to really understand other people. I think uh, you're a phenomenal interviewer and just, just a great person, and I really, really appreciate getting to come on. So, oh, gosh. Um, Thank you. That's yeah. Nice. Plus, you're funny as hell. We need more uh, coffee, as we said. I just tried <laughs> I'm just so sad about the world. I get, I gotta, I gotta try to find balance in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think I just try to laugh about things. And I always wanted life to be a sitcom, and I was, I, I was disappointed to grow up to find out that it wasn't. So I just try to inject some of that in there. Yeah, oh. I, I feel like I took this a little bit. Uh, I, I had a little bit more serious note to end on, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I love getting to joke, joke around with you. Um, Fortunately, loved it. Thank you. Love it. Love your face. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess Aaronak, I guess that's that. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. This has been so 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 much fun. I um I I, I thank you again for joining me today, and uh, and we'll look forward to uh, catching up soon and and uh, maybe doing this again down the road sometime. Okay. I always right. love when they come chat with you. So thank you uh, so much. Have a love lovely your face. day. All right, you too. All right. It's good being your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I break oh. it? Oh, it's okay. Love you.
Hey, YouTube, you're watching a clip from my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Simpson, where you can follow for free and subscribe for only $5 a month. Thanks for watching.